0: Hi, and welcome to the StoryQ podcast. This is episode number 11. And again, we have a very interesting podcast for you. I'm Frank Erickson. You know, while most of our guests on the Story Q podcast have been either retailers, manufacturers, maybe competitors, today's guest is just a backyard cook like you and me, except for one thing. Every one of his backyard cooks are recorded on video and posted on YouTube. And he's been recording and posting his barbecue for the last five years. The Story Q podcast is proud to introduce you to Greg Mervich of Ballistic Barbecue. Greg, welcome to the Story Q podcast. Thank you very much, Frank. Appreciate it. It's great to have you. We've been trying to do this for a while. And finally, uh, all the stars and and the blood moon and the eclipse all lined up together. And, and here we finally are.
1: Yeah, I was getting worried there. uh, Couple days ago, it looked like it wasn't going to happen. Like you said, the stars were not aligning.
0: Well, you know, technology is supposed to work, but sometimes it just doesn't, and you can't figure it out. This is true, definitely. Luckily, that's not the case with barbecue. You light a fire, you put meat on, you know it's going to cook.
1: The, yeah, yeah. Let nature take its course with the burning, burning coals, and you're good to go. Meat and fire. This, yeah, primal.
0: How did you get into barbecue?
1: Oh wow, it's been a passion of mine since childhood. I mean, uh, you know, my grandparents were both from the South. And so uh, wonderful memories of visiting them. They moved here to California and uh, having some just killer backyard cooks. And my dad was into it. So I, you know, standing shoulder to shoulder, well, not really shoulder to shoulder at the time, but standing right next to my dad, watching him cook. And I just got hooked. And when I do it now, it brings back all these just wonderful memories from, you know,
0: childhood. That's neat. That's really a great way to get into it. You know, I, I kind of came from the same thing where my dad was always grilling in the backyard. He had one of the original Weber kettles or maybe not the original, but he had a Weber kettle and, uh, you know, we cooked hot dogs, hamburgers, sausage, basically stuff like that. Anything you could throw on the grill and put mustard or ketchup on, that's what he was doing. And then eventually as you know, as you get older, dad teaches you how to how to light the grill. Um, because, you know, I think one of the rites of passage of every young man is you get to that certain age and you can finally do two things and your dad is so excited that you can do it. It's light the grill, get the coals going, and take out the garbage.
1: Yes. <laughs> and in my in my case, it was light the grill, get the coals going, and clean up after the dog. <laughs> oh Man, I'd rather
0: take out the garbage.
1: Yeah, you and I both. <laughs>
0: Well, we'll, uh, we'll deal with our therapist this week on, on those issues. But um, from, from getting into barbecue and then cooking on your own, when did you start to develop uh, kind of a, a feel for this and, and a, a passion for it? And how did you uh, come up with the name Ballistic Barbecue and how did all that develop?
1: Wow. Um, well, uh, you know, uh, the passion came, I guess, when I moved out on my own. And, uh, you know, I really kind of started broadening my horizons with the, my technique and the the tools I was using. And it just kind of grew from there where it really started to kind of manifest itself into what I'm doing now was just when I started watching, watching YouTube videos and, uh, Just one day out of the blue, I was going to be cooking a pork shoulder anyway, and I decided, you know what, let's film it, and my wife actually ran the camera. I didn't have a name at at that time, and it just kind of went off from there. As far as the ballistic barbecue thing, once I realized that you know, I really enjoyed doing this and it was going somewhere, I actually made up the name while I was editing a video, and it's simply because... You know, one of my many hobbies is you know I enjoy shooting. I'm I'm a shooter, mm-hmm. and, uh, so that's how I came up with the name Ballistic Barbecue.
0: Makes sense. So I have that you know sense. the
1: scope reticle is part of my my logo there.
0: Yeah, that's neat. Um, with YouTube. Was there a particular person who posted barbecue videos on YouTube or was there a certain video that you saw that got you excited about making your own videos and you said, hey, I can, if this guy can do this, I can do this? Well, you know, back when I
1: started, when I when I started watching the cooking videos on YouTube the the outdoor cooking community wasn't that big. It's on YouTube, and there were very, actually very few choices. Uh, one of them, of course, was the barbecue pit boys, who have been yeah, around forever. Sure. And then there were a lot of just sort of random videos that were here and there, just uh, you know, people filming their cooks, videotaping their cooks, and I, I saw a lot of really good videos. Um, some of the videos that I watched. They didn't turn into channels. You know, they didn't really continue on. But uh, I, I can't name one particular video. Again, Barbecue Pit Boys. You know, I was watching them kind of just checking out their production and everything. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: I guess that uh, inspired me to jump in, see what I could do. I honestly I, – my very first video was a pulled pork video. The, my wife videotaped. And I had not planned on making any other videos after that one video. But with the interaction that started to follow that video, I it became addicting to me. You know, the video was doing pretty well. And then before you know it, I'm having conversations with people all over the
0: world, you wow. know, through the comments. And that just hooked me right there. That's when I was hooked. You know, going back to the barbecue pit boys very briefly, I also stumbled across them. And it was such fun to watch because they, you know, they cook very – they cook great stuff. They don't cook large amounts mm-hmm. of things, but they're cooking on basically, most of the time, a little Weber kettle. And, yeah, you're uh, right. A Weber performer is most yeah. of their cooks. And, uh, you know, the camera is just on there. All you see is their hands and you hear that voice. That smells good. <laughs> and know? I
1: think that voice is worth a million dollars, you know, that yeah. uh, I would I would love to have that voice, but I don't. I deal with what I what I've, was dealt with,
0: you know. Well, the interesting about thing about them is uh, I was watching all of their stuff for a while. Then I kind of got away from it. And then I went back a couple of weeks ago. And they now have sponsors and uh, people are giving them grills and different uh, types of cookers to cook on. And they, uh, like you said, they've developed this incredible following. And it's, you know, it's just the, when I first saw it, I thought, just a bunch of good old boys out in somebody's backyard out in the wilderness.
1: Yeah, they've definitely turned. Turned their channel, it's a business now. You yeah. know, they're, uh, they've are they changed a lot. But, you know, good on them. If they're uh, making a living off of what they're doing, then I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing.
0: How many videos do you now have on YouTube? Uh, 273. My goodness. Yeah,
1: and uh, actually on the 28th, just uh, September 28th was the five-year anniversary of my... Excuse me, my six-year anniversary of the
0: first video that I uploaded. Wow, that is very cool. Yeah, very but, cool indeed. Go ahead and, and uh, give us your uh, your YouTube channel address if it's not too long.
1: Oh, it's well, you can just you know type in ballistic barbecue and okay. it
0: pops up all over the place. That makes it easier. But,
1: yeah, that's the easiest thing because you know it's the URL. Then it's user sd four five four seven. But mm-hmm. The easiest thing to do, honestly, is just to go into YouTube and on their little search engine there, just type in "ballistic BBQ" and it'll pop up.
0: Sounds I'm, good. That's definitely easier than remember. All, rem, excuse me, remembering all those numbers. Yes. Do you do any competitions at all?
1: No. You, you know, there's. Uh, I've done some unsanctioned, like grill competitions here in San Diego and, and actually up in uh, the LA area. But the, the funny thing is. You know, when I started really getting into, like, watching the YouTube videos, and I I was involved in a lot of the forums, you know, the Smoke Ring and the Brethren and everything. Mm -hmm. And I was, honestly, in my mind, what I was doing was gearing up to get into competitions. But to tell you the truth, my biggest distraction from getting into barbecue competitions was my YouTube channel, because it started to kind of take off on me. And I was having so much fun that I, this is, i dedicated most of my energy into into this uh, project. But uh, a good buddy of mine, uh, we are actually talking about, you know, jumping in and at least starting out with some California stuff and seeing how we do. And then if we do well, we'll hopefully, uh, you know, move on to some of the bigger competitions.
0: You know, you threw out that number 200. And what was the number of videos you've done? 273. 273, which is kind of a staggering number when you think of it being a video, because how many different things can you think of to cook on a grill?
1: Yes, and, and I'll tell you what, one of the challenging things about an outdoor channel, an outdoor cooking channel, is, you know, cooking in itself is a niche on YouTube, and so outdoor cooking is a niche within a niche. So, you know, you have a choice. You can do all the the normal you know barbecue proteins you know your ribs and briskets and pork shoulders steaks whatever and then, or you can kind of try to expand and what i've tried to do on my channel is i i take a lot of dishes that you would traditionally cook indoors and i take them outside you know to try to show people hey you know um you don't just have to cook hot dogs, like you were talking about earlier. You know, with, with with our fathers, you know, hot dogs, hamburgers, steaks, you can do anything. And I pride myself anything that can be done inside of a kitchen on you know a stove or in an oven, I can do outside. I can, you know, I have a bake a couple of bakes uh, cooks that I've done. You know, I bake cakes on a Weber. You know, so there's wow. I'm I'm pretty confident there's not anything that can't be done outside that you can do inside. And that's how why I have so many videos. You know, um, I also like to do a lot of the ethnic things. I'm fascinated by a lot of the, the grill cultures like in, in Asia, you know, Korea and mm-hmm. Thailand. So, you know, I've done a few Asian cooks and, uh, you know, I just I'm
0: I really love cooking outdoors. So it's it's my hobby. It sounds like it's a great hobby and you're doing great at it and and are obviously passionate about it. What for you know for people that are listening to this and have have thought about doing a couple of whether it's a cooking video or just any kind of video, what kind of uh, camera setup do you have?
1: Well, now realize that I've stepped up my game quite a bit from the very first uh, video I made. Mm -hmm. If someone's just considering making a video for the first time, just to see how it is, I would say you know whatever there's guys making decent videos with smartphones. Right. Uh, If if you use a phone or if you have a video camera, invest in a tripod. You don't have to buy an expensive tripod, but get a tripod, and hopefully you'll have decent audio. People can be very forgiving on on video quality, but not so much when it comes to really poor audio. So
0: I agree. You know,
1: and you can buy you know an inexpensive lavalier mic that'll plug right into your camera or even your your cell phone, um, you know the smartphone for for decent audio. Mm-hmm. I mean, me personally, you know, I'm I'm shooting now with uh, five Canon G20 HD cameras, and you know, I'm using Sennheiser mics with a Zoom digital recorder. I mean, I'm you know, I've got LED lighting and everything. I'm kind of like I said, I'm obsessed with it, and uh, you're using five cameras. Yes, five cameras. I have five cameras on five tripods with different angles. Wow! And uh, you know, I synchronize all the all the cameras with by audio actually. So the software that I have in my computer, it'll uh, synchronize all the shots and kind of layer them. So I cycle through it while I'm editing, um, like camera one, two, three, four, five. It's the other part of my passion, I guess, is editing, and I'm still learning a lot of you know about editing but mm-hmm. uh, i i guess i'm doing
0: all right <laughs> yeah i'd say so 70 uh, 273 cooks in i'd say you're doing real well
1: yeah thanks thanks and i'm getting ready to hit one of my major milestones here real soon which is uh 100,000 subscribers wow i'm hoping to have that in in
0: a couple weeks maybe that is phenomenal yeah, thank you. And like you said 5 years ago and you're almost at 100,000 subscribers, 5 to 6 years ago, something like that.
1: Yeah, and you know, I didn't really start taking it I mean like as serious as I am now until uh probably 3 years ago is when I really really started taking the game
0: serious. And what's interesting about that is you know, normally you'd think, well, I saw somebody making ribs, what am I going to learn from somebody else? Mm-hmm. Now, I find myself if I see somebody making ribs, I watch it. Even if they don't do anything different than the last ten, for whatever reason, I watch it. You know, there's just something about barbecue, and whether they're, you know, they're uh, removing the membrane on the back of some spare ribs, or they're the way they put the rub on, or how they're setting up their cooker. For some reason, for me, I find it just fascinating, and I'll sit there and, and watch it.
1: Yeah, well, you're a foodie. I'm a foodie. You know, we're we're very go. passionate about this outdoor cooking experience. And I'll tell you what, one of the best experiences of my life was taking the, uh, master's class with Johnny Trigg. Mm. It was a, a two day class. Um, and God, I loved it, you know, and visiting with one of the, the legends of barbecue and, you know, seeing what he does for competition cooks. But the, uh, the interesting thing that I had with him was these more personal conversations about, you know, hey, when you're just, you know, when you're at home with your wife cooking ribs, what do you do? Because I know he doesn't do what he, you know, the competition style. Right. And he told me that he uh, hits them with salt, pepper and, and smokes them on post oak and that's it, nothing else. Hmm. And, you know, I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. He's really such a
0: nice guy. Oh, he's
1: just a wonderful, a wonderful man. And if anybody has the
0: opportunity to attend his class, I highly suggest it. Or if you go to a barbecue competition and he happens to be one of the the teams that are competing, he's really open to talking to people. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's not trying to keep too many secrets, I don't think. No, not at all. I'll tell you a quick Johnny Trigg story. One of the – maybe the first barbecue competition I ever attended – um, was up at about 9,000 feet uh, in the mountains. I live at the the foot of the Rockies in Boulder, and there's a competition every year in Frisco. It's called the Colorado Barbecue Challenge, and it's it always sells out as far as cooking teams, and the town is absolutely packed for two days. And so my wife and I go up to this thing, and we're just kind of walking around because I'm just getting into barbecue, and I'm just knocked out by all the different types of smokers and all the different foods that are being cooked, and just the whole atmosphere of this competition and contest and festival. And we start walking in the back through the uh, the non-selling team area. And we come across this cooker that I thought was a chopped down Corvette. It mm-hmm. turns out it was this beautiful metallic blue jambo pit. And who's got it set up in front of his trailer is Johnny Trigg. Now, I didn't know it was Johnny Trigg, but I just thought, hey, here's a, a neat guy. He seems kind of friendly. And I'm looking at this, the smoker, and he, he catches me looking at it. And I just said, man, this is absolutely beautiful. Did, did you make this? And that started a conversation. And he just stood there and talked to us for as long as we wanted to talk. You know, just total. he didn't say, Hey, I'm Johnny Trigg, I'm a competitor. And then I started, you know, we found out that he's in the competition. And again, I re- didn't really know who he was or how many competitions he had had been in for so many years. And uh, I think my wife said, how many of these do you do a year? And he said, oh, about 49.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's amazing. <laughs> that that jambo, the metallic blue jambo, was the one he was cooking on when I when I attended his yeah. class. And the 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 other neat thing with him is, you know, basically his teammates his wife and they work together so well you know he does all the cooking and she makes her sure that he doesn't forget anything you know right. she's right. kind of his memory I guess and then she does all the boxes they're uh, they're both just great great people great yeah. people
0: And they've got a, you know, this. They're dedicated. They've got their lives, and they and they have this RV, and they set their schedule, and they're out, and they're meeting people, and just really enjoying themselves. And uh, you know, just wish him all the best, and uh, as many, many happy miles as he can possibly roll up on that RV and that Jambo pit.
1: Yes, it's. uh, Like I said, he's definitely he's the grandfather. He's the grandfather of ribs. But I'll tell you what I've, you know, I had his brisket and his pork butt, and he's pretty darn good at cooking those as well (laughs)
0: i'll bet he is yeah how many videos do you do in a in a let's say do you do one a week or do if you're going to do like let's say four or five in a month um do you do them all on one day or do you do space them out from week to week
1: believe it or not
0: when i do a video and,
1: and I'm not the only one. I mean, the outdoor cooking community on YouTube is actually very close. And we, uh, there's quite a few guys that are, that have channels that I talk with regularly that I consider very good friends. And we also have our own little kind of a social page on Facebook that we, that we talk to each other on. When I do a video, it, you're looking at a good, a minimum of five hours. Um, depending on what the cook, it might be a whole eight hour day. Mm -hmm. You know, um, just, you know, the editing alone is two to three hours. So I do one video a week and, uh, that way I'm not neglecting my family too much, you know?
0: Now, how do you decide what you're going to cook each week? Do you do a a schedule month to month or do you plan out the year?
1: No, uh, (laughs) no. I just wait for the inspiration to hit me. It's, I mean, that sounds, I don't know, weird, but you know, I'll, I'll go to a, you know, a market and I'll just sort of walk around and look at ingredients and, you know, usually something hits me and, or I come up with some cockamamie idea. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but it's nothing I really plan. There's certain things that like, for instance, I, uh, I, I've become known for my hamburgers, believe it or not, on YouTube. Wow! Which, yeah, it's uh, it's it, at first I was kind of not real thrilled about it because I thought I'm being kind of pigeonholed a little bit, but it, it, they're so popular. My my hamburger videos are my top videos on. it. I, I could do the most amazing cook, and then the next video I upload will be a hamburger video, and it will just. Kill it as far as views are concerned. I get complaint or uh, complaints. I get requests from all over the world um, to to cook certain hamburgers. So, you know, I, I come up with my own ideas or I do copycats of like famous or iconic burgers throughout the world. Now it just used to be the United States, mm-hmm. and um, I actually had this guy who was opening a restaurant in in Riyadh, uh, wanting me to come to Riyadh and. Help him come up with a hamburger menu. Wow! It didn't work out. I, I mean, just he wasn't willing to pay what I was <laughs> to get me to Riyadh. You know what I mean? But um, you know, I, I was helping a guy actually just today in Israel. He's wants to buy chuck to grind his own meat, but his butcher doesn't know what chuck is. So I was explaining. Mm. I sent him a, uh, an American meat chart, you know, and showed him where it is on the on the animal and everything. Sure. But, uh, so when I'm doing a hamburger, I swear I got uh, sidetrack there. If I'm going to do a hamburger and I'm going to do a copycat, I, I put a lot of research into the the recipes. So that's the one exception. I mean, I may put a couple months of work into it before I actually
0: do the cook. And then, it, then that's all preplanned. Is there a particular thing that you like to cook? Let's say when the cameras are off and you're just cooking for friends, family – and they said Greg we don't care what it is as long as it's barbecue what would you make
1: my friends all prefer that i they love briskets i mean you know we beef here i mean i i love pork but my friends and i my my wife were beef eaters so mm-hmm. i love doing brisket i get a lot of satisfaction you know when you just do that perfect brisket cook and it's just sitting there shaking on the board like jello you know yeah um, my wife Loves beef ribs, so uh, when it's just her and I and my
0: son, it's got to be beef ribs. Yeah, man. I can't argue with that. Yeah. Can't argue with that at all. What about backyard cooking? Now, we obviously, Story Q Magazine uh, is a magazine for backyard cooking cooks and uh some people have never done a video some may may have never even seen a video never have any desire to ever make one but they want to be able to cook as well as they possibly can for their friends and family so what advice would you give to someone who's a backyard cook that's that's kind of starting out but wants to step up the game a little bit beyond just the weber kettle and not to besmirch your or talk down about burgers, but they want to kind of go beyond burgers, dogs, and brats.
1: Well, I mean, videos are a great resource. Uh, if they want to step it up, as far as you know, getting into real quote barbecue, low and slow. Yeah. Don't don't be tempted by those cookers that look like good offsets that you see in front of those big box stores. You know what I'm talking about? I certainly uh, do. Yeah. If 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 you're paying under $500 for an offset, it's not, it's, you're going to, you're throwing money away. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, get a good cooker and, and a Weber's fine. You can do anything on a Weber if that's, you know, what you're starting out with. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously learn how to manage your heat, stepping up the game. You need to know how to manage your fire, you know, through the dampers, uh, on a Weber, on a, if you're cooking on a kettle, you know, with charcoal placement, you need to know that indirect heat. Even grilling, you need to have cool zones to, so that you don't, you know, have blackened sushi, you know, burned on the outside and raw on the inside sure. with chicken. Um, but number one is just have a, have a decent cooker, and you don't need to spend thousands of dollars for a decent cooker. I love cooking on Weber's. I mean, I have a nice, you know, gator pit that I cook on and s- Kamados and everything, but... You know Weber's a great investment. You can get them for under a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and uh, also the, you know the pit barrel cooker. I, I I'm a big fan of that. I absolutely love mine. Yes. And I was just and, talking
0: to Noah, the owner of the company, um, yeah. just today. We were emailing back and forth about about a couple of things.
1: And Noah is a wonderful guy. I actually yeah. I consider him a personal
0: friend of mine. Great guy. Great family.
1: Yeah, he he really is. So that's a great
0: uh, one. You know, that you funny that you mentioned that because I was just going to bring that up. The pit barrel cooker, which is only $299. And uh, another one that uh, if you want to go out, if you want to do some real barbecue smoking ribs, brisket, things like that, you can pick up a Weber Smoky Mountain cooker, the 18 inch yes. diameter variety for the same price, about 300 bucks.
1: And the uh, pit barrel cooker and the WSM are the two that I recommend to people that come to me Asking me, hey, I want to get into smoking. What should I do? Because my my main goal in life is to keep people away from those little
0: flimsy things that try to pass themselves off as an offset. Mm -hmm. I hate them. Yeah, I I agree with you on there. And the thing is, um, you know, a pit barrel cooker or a Weber Smoky Mountain cooker… They're not really entry-level cookers. I mean, you might think that because of the low price, but you go to a barbecue competition, you'll find people cooking on Weber Smoky Mountains and pit barrel cookers. Oh yes, oh yes, and, and winning. Yeah, absolutely. You can do some great stuff on those things, and it's a great way to kind of break into the world of of barbecue, if uh, if I can use that term to describe, you know, ribs, brisket, pork butt, so on and so forth. Uh, it's a great way to to get going into experiment without having to dump, like you said, either so much money into it where it almost becomes cost prohibitive, or you're just throwing in a hundred bucks and you'll be lucky if that thing lasts through one winter, or it just doesn't it just doesn't cook well. The food's yeah. not going to be very good on it.
1: No. And and I'll tell you what, that that pit barrel <laughs> that thing never ceases to amaze me. And I've done, you know, I've done everything on those. Everything that I've done on my gator pit. Plus, I mean, I've cooked a duck on it. Mm-hmm. it. It just, every time I use that thing, it just, it amazes me. And I've got some, I mean, I have 11 cookers in my backyard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I've got, you know, some top end, you know, I've got a Primo, a big green egg and my gator pit and then everything in between. And that thing for 300 bucks, it's really hard to beat. And it really is. I've really tried, I've turned a lot of my friends onto that who just wanted to get into cooking you know they want and they were looking at these electric smokers and everything and I've never used an electric smoker I don't know for all I know they're great but I
0: I just like cooking with fire you know I've seen Steve Reichlin on PBS use an electric cooker every once in a while and I and I always go why you know he's got access to everything and anything and like why electric because you know some people they want to go electric so you know why not if that's if you can find a good one and, that, and you like that, you know, so much the better. I happened to uh, – I broke out the pit barrel cooker just uh, the other day, had three slabs of spare ribs, and um, I, was, I was dying to experiment. Um, Head Country Barbecue, who makes some fantastic barbecue sauces, expanded their line of seasonings. And uh, so I immediately bought their new – I think it's called Sweet and Spicy Seasoning, and they have another one called High Plains Heat – and I got one of each of those, and I've always been a big fan of their barbecue sauces. The barbecue sauces are so good, and they're, I mean, half the price of most of the other stuff that's out there. You know, hard to find in the supermarkets, but if you go to headcountry.com um, and you click on their barbecue sauces, there's something like three seventy-five dollars a bottle, and it's just fantastic stuff. They've got original, hickory, hot, and they have a new flavor called chipotle. So I, uh, I ended up putting the sweet and, uh, I'm sorry, uh, sweet and spicy head country rub on these ribs and threw them in the pit barrel cooker. And when they were done, I kind of glazed them over with uh, a little of uh, head country, uh, chipotle barbecue sauce. And Greg, they were just spectacular. They were some of the best ribs I have ever had.
1: You know, you mentioned head country. It's funny, um, when I went to Johnny Trigg's class, one of the things I was really chomping at the bit was to learn his his rub. You know, yeah. I don't know if you make your own rubs. I I, I have a no, couple. I don't. I have a few rubs that I make that I uh, see, people seem to like. So I really wanted to see what Johnny Trigg uses, and he used all commercial rubs in his in his cooks. And Head Country was one of the rubs that he layered on his ribs he used a lot of head country and also obq uh
0: the obq rubs after having spent untold dollars on different rubs and having a spice rack filled with different rubs i finally kind of whittled it down to where i like rod gray's new rubs um and really like the head country rubs and you know you can you can experiment with those, or you, all you have to do is go online and just put in barbecue rub, and 5,000 different varieties will pop up, and most of them are pretty good.
1: Yeah, there's some good rubs out there. I got, a lot of companies send me their rubs. My wife's not too thrilled about that, because our pantry looks like a, a warehouse, but there, there are some really, really good rubs out there that I think, like you said, they're, you know, they're affordable, and they just save you a lot, a lot of time in the kitchen as far as, you know, formulating your own concoction and keeps the mess down, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Sure. Well, listen, I really appreciate your time, Greg. Final, final question. Again, just a, a little bit of advice to the backyard cook or the Story Q reader uh, who wants to maybe even think about a competition or just wants to expand their barbecue horizons. What would you say to them?
1: I would say definitely read. Books are wonderful resources, and there are some fantastic books out there. Uh, YouTube, watch, bliss.
0: I just lost you. Are you there? Barbecue.
1: No. <laughs> there are some really good, I mean, yeah, I'm here. Do you hear me? Hello?
0: You're cutting in and out just a little bit.
1: Okay. How about now?
0: Uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: Check, check. Do you hear me? Yes. Okay.
0: Okay, I hope. So where where were we? Um, You were saying uh, you were talking about uh, where were we want to start over? Sure. Um, Final thing, just a last comment to the story queue readers and uh, and somebody who just loves cooking in the backyard and somebody that maybe has has heard you and and wants to check out your videos and they're kind of getting excited. What's the what what do you want to say to them?
1: Well, definitely, uh, like I said, YouTube is an awesome resource nowadays for pretty much everything. I mean, not just cooking, but I, I fix my dishwasher by watching YouTube videos. So YouTube is great. The YouTube outdoor cooking community is has grown and it's very, very tight. We all know each other and we all love to help uh, people who are aspiring cooks who have questions if you ever have any questions of me, you can message me through my YouTube channel or any of the other cooks out there who are producing videos. Um, books are a wonderful resource for learning various techniques. And what what I have done is kind of, you know, I've watched, like I said, Johnny Trigg and some of my heroes in the barbecue world. And I've kind of morph that into my own style. And I think that's, you know, what you need to do. You kind of need to develop your own personality when it comes to the cooks out there. Also, don't be afraid to experiment and uh, get adventurous out there. You don't just have to cook hot dogs and hamburgers on a grill. You can, like I said, do anything. And it all boils down to one thing, and that's managing your heat. And that, you know, whether you're cooking ribs, low and slow brisket, or bake in a cake. It all boils down to how you manage your heat.
0: Well said, my friend. Thank you. (laughs) Well, Greg, thank you very much. Again, his YouTube channel is Ballistic Barbecue. Just go to YouTube and in the search box, type in Ballistic Barbecue, and all of Greg's uh, 273 videos will pop up. And uh, like he said, whether you're going to be cooking a slab of ribs or a birthday cake, you can do it in your backyard, you can do it outdoors, you can do it on a grill. He's the guy to show you how on YouTube. Greg from Ballistic Barbecue. Thank you very much, my friend.
1: Hey, thanks again for this uh, opportunity. I-, I really
0: enjoyed it. Pleasure to have you on the Story Q podcast. Thank you. Now, there's a man who absolutely loves barbecue. You know, what was really cool about talking with Greg is after we turned off the recorder, we talked barbecue for another hour and 15 minutes, and now we're looking forward to getting together someday face-to-face, And which is kind of what happens with most of the guests on the StoryQ podcast. Speaking of which, really want to say thanks to Laverne Gingrich. He's the publisher of StoryQ magazine. You know, he came up with the idea. He works so hard and publishes a top-quality magazine each month, and it is he who makes all these podcasts possible. Speaking of StoryQ, if you're not getting the magazine... Hey, we can change that right now. Just head over to StoryQ.com, that's S-T-O-R-Y-Q-U-E.com, and subscribe. Then each month you will get the number one online barbecue magazine delivered right to your news app. And each month's issue is filled with great articles from barbecue people like you and I, and sometimes it's barbecue people that are known the world over. You'll also get tons of recipes that you can use to dazzle your friends and family with new ways to grill, barbecue, and smoke incredible meats. And along with all of that, StoryQ magazine is chock full of amazing color photos. You know what, if you're old enough to remember Life magazine, which just had probably the best photography on the planet, StoryQ rivals that with with the pictures, the quality of the pictures that they have in there of barbecue, I guarantee. Even if you don't read a word, if you just look at the pictures, you're going to learn something and you'll find out that you're really hungry at the end of it. Again, if you want to subscribe, just go to StoryQ.com and hit the subscribe button. You will love it, plus you'll be alerted to when each new podcast is posted. Also, my thanks to Greg Mervich of Ballistic Barbecue. You can see all of Greg's videos on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, and in the search box, enter Ballistic BBQ, and all of a sudden, all of Greg's 273 videos will pop right up for you. As for me, I just want to say thank you very much for listening and remind you that I'll be back on Friday, October 16th with another edition of the Story Cube podcast. Until then, I'm Frank Erickson reminding you to stay blessed, stay busy, stay safe, and stay humble. Take care, my friend.